Hello and welcome to episode three of the Fitness Circus podcast. Today I'm going to talk about ways we can try to reduce the terrible injury rates um, that we currently see in recreational pole and aerial students. Hi, I'm Sarah May. I'm a pole and aerial hoop instructor and personal trainer who started in the fitness industry in 1997 and started pole in 2006. After years of pursuing vocational training in the fitness industry, I decided to take it a step up and enroll in uni. I'm currently studying to be a physiotherapist and absolutely loving it. I have a lot of opinions about the pole and aerial industries, particularly in the social amateur group fitness space or recreational space. My friends get sick of hearing about it, so I thought I'd tell you guys instead. So it's 2023. It's like halfway through February 2023. How the heck did that happen? So I hope you all had a great end to 2022 and a most excellent start to this year. The last two months have been an absolute roller coaster for me. I had the summer holidays for my kids, so we've been spending quality time together, which was so nice. But they're back at school now, which is also very nice. Um, something else that happened in mid-January that was really important and validating for me was that I was offered a place in the physiotherapy program at my uni. So uh, I've transferred and I'm no longer studying sport and exercise science, I'm studying physiotherapy. Um, my decision to transfer came about for a few reasons. While sport and exercise science is fun to learn, well for me anyway, um, as an undergraduate degree, in my opinion, it's not a particularly versatile or useful degree for someone with my previous vocational training. It wouldn't necessarily open up any new employment opportunities, it wouldn't significantly increase my scope of practice, and it wouldn't really offer more earning potential without significant postgrad training. Physiotherapy, on the other hand, is still incredibly interesting to me, potentially more so. Um, and once I graduate, there's a gamut of employment opportunities. My scope of practice will significantly expand uh, and my earning potential will also be significantly greater. Um, as a physiotherapist, I'll also hold a protected title. So despite this transfer adding another 18 months to my graduation date, it was actually a no-brainer for me. So a big part of the reason that I decided to bite the bullet and apply to transfer to physio is the absolutely horrendous injury rates that we see in recreational pole and aerials. Um, there was an industry survey conducted, I can't remember, it was either late 2021 or sometime in 2022, which suggested that in a 12-month period, 85% of recreational pole dancers will sustain a pole-related injury. 85%. How is that even acceptable? And while, while the survey was conducted specifically relating to the pole industry, I feel quite certain that the statistics relating to recreational aerial students would actually not be wildly different. Um, so before I launch into my tirade of opinions on how we can work to reduce the injury rates in recreational pole and aerial students, I do feel the need to make a heavy caveat. The caveat is that it is not our role as pole or aerial instructors to prevent injury directly. 
And I think that the belief that this is our role is a part of the reason why there is so much problematic gatekeeping in the recreational pole and aerial industries. After all, our students are adults who should be allowed to practice with autonomy among their other basic psychological needs. And I did speak about that in episode one of this podcast. But as instructors, our role is to educate our students. And one of the things we should educate them about is the inherent risk in the activities they participate in, how they can best mitigate the risk, and how they can feel really successful while still minimizing their risk. So what that actually means is that as pole or aerial instructors, our job is to try and equip our students with the skills and knowledge to minimize their risk of injuries, right? Injuries are always gonna happen. They are not completely preventable, but we can reduce the risk for ourselves and we can teach our students how to take ownership of their own risk levels. Um, So while the industry as a whole claims to work to prevent injuries, this typically happens through authoritarian words are hard. This typically happens through authoritarian means like graded term-based curriculums, which I've also previously discussed in detail. Um, And these graded term-based curriculums, in theory, do not allow students to progress until they have mastered the prerequisite skills. But this is not working. This style of curriculum has existed for at least as long as I have been doing poll, which is coming up on 17 years. And yet this this study that was published a year or two ago is showing these horrific injury rates. So the graded term-based curriculums, it's not doing enough to protect our students. But what else can we as an industry do? So I believe that a lot of what we can do to change these awful injury rates for the better starts in studio with our instructors. So first and foremost, one of my biggest bugbears in this industry is the complete lack of regulation. There are no specific education requirements to teach pole or aerials. Now, in my opinion, teaching any movement discipline is a really big responsibility, let alone a movement discipline like pole or aerials with a real risk of falling headfirst from a height and one which places the most unstable joint in your body, which is the shoulder, under extreme load in positions that are outside the realm of typical day-to-day movement. Now you can be an absolutely incredible pole dancer or aerialist, but that doesn't actually mean that you're able to understand and break down the biomechanics of a movement to teach it in a safe and progressive manner. Um, let alone the many other skills that go into teaching a pole or aerial class. So I often ask myself the question, why are there so many studio owners out there allowing frankly unqualified people calling themselves instructors to put their community at risk by teaching? So I think one of the biggest things we can do as an industry is take instructor training more seriously. Now, this is potentially a really unpopular opinion but I would actually like to see a level of regulation in the recreational pole and aerial industries requiring at a minimum a certificate three in fitness or an equivalent. 
what this would mean is that all instructors would have what is regarded certainly under the Australian qualifications framework as the bare minimum level of knowledge required about anatomy, physiology, energy systems, training principles, even things like personality management in a group fitness environment. This all falls under a certificate three in fitness. Now, this is not enough to build expert instructors, but it would ensure that we have instructors with the bare minimum level of knowledge to safely and effectively lead a group fitness class, which let's be honest, it's what recreational pole and aerials is. Um, the training, particularly like an Australian Cert 3 in fitness should also start to introduce the concept of scope of practice to the prospective instructors. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about scope of practice shortly. But on top of this certificate three in fitness, I personally would also like to see instructors have some form of pole or aerial instructor certification. While this can be an in-house studio certification, I do also think there is real value in doing a certification from a respected external provider. Now, again, this is potentially a controversial opinion because a lot of the times when I've spoken about pole and aerial certifications, um, people have kind of poo-pooed them. And I don't suggest that doing a two-day training or a one-week training is going to build a brilliant instructor. Um, but if a pole student has only ever trained at one pole studio, I found that they can sometimes lack critical thought around the reasons for teaching certain techniques or skills or progressions. And they're just doing things the way it was taught to them because it's the way it's always been done. Um, I found that by experiencing a teacher training from another source, the prospective instructor can become aware that there's more than one way to skin a cat and their teaching skills are likely to develop and grow from there. There's likely to be things that they cover off in an external training course that perhaps an in-studio training course wouldn't even consider or cover. Um, but yeah, as I said, it's also worth understanding that an instructor training course, particularly one that only runs for a couple of days, is not actually able to equip someone with no prior teaching experience with the complete skill set they will need to run a safe and effective class. But it is a step on the journey. Uh, in my opinion, and in a perfect world, this should be the absolute minimum training that a new instructor has before they are even considered to teach. And from this point, there should be a significant apprenticeship period where fresh instructors are required to shadow and team teach with the most experienced instructors. Um, there are a lot of instructor training courses out there that are not amazing and then there's some really great ones. So if you are looking into instructor training courses um, within the pole industry, I've had good experiences with the short courses run by Expert and Spin City. They're both based in the UK but do online delivery. Um, I have a great deal of respect for Joanna Littlewood Johnson and she runs a, a um, pole instructor training course and also Justine McLucas with her Ecold pole training courses. And then also, um, oh, I can't think of the name of it, but I'll pop it in the show notes. It's one that was um, developed by Marlo Fiskin and a couple of other instructors. Um, in terms of aerials, I think that the most respected ones are the Born to Fly courses 
and the paper doll militia courses. So if you're looking to do an external training, that's probably where I'd recommend you start. Now, coming back to my comments on scope of practice, um, aside from lack of education, scope of practice is one of the biggest ways that I personally have seen pole and aerial instructors do the most damage to their students. So if you are unfamiliar with the term scope of practice, it basically means stay in your own lane. <laughs> Having a scope of practice aims to ensure that you only do what you're actually qualified to do. And if you come across a situation you're not qualified to deal with, that you refer out to someone who is qualified. So as a pole or aerial instructor, you need to understand that you're in a position of authority and respect and your students are highly likely to believe anything you say. Um, at the beginning of your class, I'm pretty sure that most of you would ask if there are any injuries in the room. And there's also probably times when your students come to you and say something along the lines of, hey, when I do this particular move, I get a niggly pain in my shoulder or forearm or knee or whatever body part it is. And your response to this has everything to do with your scope of practice. What you need to understand is that you're not a physiotherapist, um, you're not an allied health professional, and you are not qualified to diagnose your students. And obviously the caveat to that is that if you are a physio or a chiro or an allied health professional who is qualified to diagnose injury and treat it, this does not apply to you. Um, but this stands true even if you are 100% convinced that you know what the problem is. And you're also not qualified to prescribe rehab exercises. No matter how long you've been in the industry as an instructor, no matter how many times your students have had what you believe to be the exact same injury or how many times you have had what you believe to be the exact same injury, diagnosis of injuries and prescription of rehabilitation exercises falls outside your scope of practice. The actual scope of practice of a pole or aerial instructor means that if your student is injured or has a niggly pain, you can absolutely ask some questions about what triggers the pain, how long the pain has been occurring. You can ask questions about the quality of pain. For example, if it feels like muscular discomfort that's related to effort, or if it feels like an unproductive pain that your body is trying to flinch away from. With that information, you can attempt to adapt your lesson plan to avoid their pain triggers. And if it's a pain that's been persisting for more than a few days or say a week or more, or if this pain is increasing as time goes on, then you can absolutely recommend that they see a physiotherapist. That is it. There are times that I've had students talk to me about pain and the closest I have ever come to offering a diagnosis is to let them know that that sounds very similar to an injury I had a few years ago but I'm not a physio, I can't say what it is in your case. I highly recommend you go and see a physio and have it checked out. And if you're interested, I can give you the details of my physio. That's it, I'm not qualified. I'm studying, but I am not qualified to diagnose and prescribe. 
So why is it so important to stay in your lane, even if you are absolutely certain you know what the issue is? Well, think for a moment about what the potential consequences are if you're wrong. Your student who implicitly trusts you, who holds you up in their mind as an expert on your aerial discipline and their body, ends up not seeking help from someone who is qualified to help them. Their injury could progress over time, could even get worse as a direct result of the rehab exercises that you have prescribed outside of your scope of practice. And they could end up with a chronic injury that's much harder to treat. This can have a real and tangible impact on their quality of life and on their ability to continue to fly on their chosen apparatus. So as an instructor, you can do real life harm by stepping outside of your scope of practice. Now, I am unsure whether there is any precedent for this to happen, but I also understand that if you do diagnose or prescribe exercises, injuries with your clients and you are not qualified to do so, and that injury becomes worse as a result of what you have done, uh, you are liable. So you're also putting yourself, your career, your future at risk by doing this. And I, I believe that your insurance will not cover you for practice that you have done outside your scope of practice. So you would probably not be covered by your instructor insurance if somebody decided to take you to court for damages as a result of you diagnosing and prescribing rehab that made their injury worse. Um, as a student, if your instructor is diagnosing you or offering rehab exercises to address an injury, you are well within your right to ask them if they're qualified to offer a diagnosis or treatment prescription. But also, I understand that not everyone is here for the potential confrontation that would come with that. But what I would say to any students that are listening to this, if your instructor is not an allied health professional, ideally a physiotherapist or a chiro, um, then please take any diagnosis or rehabilitation advice that they give you with a grain of salt and please seek out an actual allied health professional to help you. So moving on to another way in which we as industry professionals are potentially doing harm to our community and their risk of injury is actually with beginner classes. So it's pretty normal for the most inexperienced instructors at the studio, at any studio, um, to be offered beginner classes on the timetable. Now, my theory behind this is that the beginner moves are potentially the easiest moves to teach because they're the easiest moves to do. Um, but let's just have a solid reality check here. Beginner classes are by far the most challenging classes to teach. They require skilled instructors with a deep understanding of pole and aerial biomechanics probably a decent understanding of exercise psychology. And these classes arguably have the highest stakes from a business perspective. Now, the primary focus of this episode is injury prevention. So let's look at that aspect of beginner classes first. In an average beginner class, there's a very high chance that you'll have students from a range of movement backgrounds. 
including having no real sporting or movement background at all. These students will very likely have poor proprioception and very poor understanding of their own body mechanics, which makes understanding and executing even the most simple moves like a dip turn or a front hook extremely challenging. It is in beginner classes that students start to build an awareness of their body in space, as well as discovering exactly where to pull, push, press, lean into, lean out of, squeeze, to build efficient and safe movement patterns that will most likely stay with them throughout their whole pole journey or aerial journey. It is so important that this information is delivered by an experienced instructor with a keen eye and a solid understanding of biomechanics, as well as an extensive vocabulary of cues. Without this, without the keen eye, without the experience to be able to spot quickly and precisely what a student is struggling with in order to execute their beginner moves, they will start to introduce compensations into their movements that could form bad movement patterns or bad movement habits, they're often called, that down the line can be really problematic. We want to teach our beginners from the very first class how to best engage the most appropriate muscles to avoid injury. This is a skill that takes time and experience to develop. Now, I also wanna say that uh, it's um, the beginner classes that set the tone of your studio. Nine times out of 10, if you as a studio owner acquire a new prospect, they're gonna be a beginner. So your beginner classes will be their testing ground to see if they want to commit to spending their money with you in the long term. You want to ensure that the class they attend is delivered by someone who will absolutely represent the core values of your business accurately and enthusiastically. Now, I'm sure that new instructors are very enthusiastic, but as a studio owner, are you completely confident that those new instructors are living and breathing the core values of your business to new and prospective clients? that they're going to be able to adapt to anything that happens in their class to make sure that everyone walks out of there having had a really positive experience? Or do you wanna gamble that experience on an inexperienced instructor? So if you offer graded classes, and I do support even though I dislike the graded term-based curriculums, I do actually like having dedicated beginner classes in a studio. Um, I think that it's really important to have that as an option, while not mandatory, for students that are feeling a little bit nervous about coming in and want to know that there's a safe space where they're not going to be, you know, in quotation marks, the worst student in the room. But if you do offer graded classes, I would suggest that your newest, least experienced instructors are better placed to teach either high beginner classes or low level elementary intermediate classes um, depending on the way you structure your levels. The moves being taught in that type of class will still be at the easier end of the spectrum with reasonably low stakes in terms of danger and um, you know difficulty in spotting. 
But students at that skill level do have a little bit of experience on their chosen apparatus under their belt. So they'll have better spatial awareness. They'll come into it with an understanding of key vocabulary as it relates to their apparatus. And it just becomes a much easier class to teach. Anyway, I'm here to learn just as much as I am here to share my thoughts. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts on anything I've shared today, um, as well as anything you'd like to see happen in the recreational pole and aerial space to help reduce the overall injury rates. It's something I'm really passionate about as evidenced hopefully by me switching degrees to study physio. Um, and I wanna do everything in my personal power to keep my own students as safe as possible. And I'm always open to hearing your suggestions around that. So if you have anything that you'd like to share, drop me a message on Instagram. You can find me at, at fitness.circus. Um, I hope that you've enjoyed listening to this. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and I will speak to you next time. See you later.